Making those final arrangements after the death of a loved one is never easy, hampered even more by the trauma and cloud of grief. Randy with Stokes, Proc and Munt and the Cremation Society tells us funeral directors are experienced and their goal is to facilitate your healing. Because when there's a death, it's traumatic to most people. So we're dealing with their acute grief. One of our roles is to comfort them and, you know, and give them order where there's disorder because they don't know what to do. They're in shock, they're numb, and they need somebody to lead them down the right path. And for the most part, that's what funeral directors do or try to do. Sometimes people know what they want, but they don't always know what they need. And that's us to give them options. Randy and the folks at Stokes, Proc, and Munt, along with the Cremation Society, are available to answer any of your questions, including pre-planning your arrangements. Check them out online and on social media. The Chippewa Valley comes to talk. A hello to all of you out there. Of course, with the podcast, we're back to being live as well on the website and on Facebook. You all get to see me once again. So if you haven't already, if you're listening to the podcast, and you could be listening at any hour of the day, a reminder, we're back to being live Tuesdays and Thursdays at 3 o'clock, and we have the video component. Once again, you get to see me and this lovely face. Give yourself a late afternoon treat and take a, a gander at this uh, at this body at this uh, this body and this face. Uh, if you're if you're watching on the video, you see behind me we've got nothing. We have a, a blank canvas behind me, except for some 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 knickknacks off to my left shoulder. Uh, this is going to be changing behind me in the next uh, three to four weeks. We got some fun stuff planned behind me, uh, and I and I debated whether we wanted to bring back the video before we were ready to display our new set. And I said, you know what? The public needs to see Scotty. The public needs to see me once again. So uh, here I am, a blank void behind me, uh, but you get to see me. Uh, that's great. We got a number of things to get to today. Some late breaking news that we will have to get to that does impact this area. Uh, but a couple other things first. Now, we're, we're going to talk masks. We have to talk masks. That's going to be a big talking point as we get into the school year. So we'll be discussing masks in just a little bit. Wanted to point this out, though. Went to, uh, on Sunday, went to the Oak Air Express game on Sunday. They had a doubleheader at Carson Park. Started it at 11 a.m. Something unique started at 11 a.m. So my myself and the, the the wife and the kids, we went to go check out the Eau Claire Express game, and it was a lot of fun. Final home game of the season. There's something about daytime activities, and that includes daytime baseball. There's something about that. In the end, evening activities are much more convenient, but I remember talking about it when they had the uh, the lumber the lumberjack competition in town a couple of years ago. And I said on this very show, there was something kind of cool about being able to walk around on a Wednesday at 1 o'clock 
and there was an event going on. It was nice to have an event going on at 11 o'clock on a Sunday. We went out there. I had two hot dogs. Hot dogs always taste better at the ballpark. The baseball was entertaining. We stayed for game one of the doubleheader and for a couple of innings of game two. Game one went to extra innings. So we got more mu- we got we got more more for our buck in that game. One thing I noticed though, the music very low at Carson Park this year. Almost too low. Almost too low. In years past though, I think it's been too high. Baseball is much more of a conversational sport. You're there, you want to talk to the people around you. The music should almost serve as just a backdrop as opposed to being an attention getter. But they, they, could, they, 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 they could crank up the music just a little bit. A little bit at Carson Park. Uh, they had had a rainout on Saturday night, so the fan deck on Sunday was packed to the gills uh, on Sunday. A lot of people utilizing their tickets for that last game. That was fun. Uh, we sat in the grandstand. Kids ran around, burned off energy. Uh, speaking of Saturday's game for the Express being rained out, oh boy, did we have a rainy weekend, didn't we? We had a rainy weekend. And washouts are good. It's one of those, it's one of those things that you be okay to admit it. A washout is good. And we had a we had a a washout on Saturday. No matter where you were in Eau Claire and the Chippewa Valley. Now, obviously, if you had big plans on Saturday, you're you're not that happy. And if you're one of the poor indiv- poor souls that has had their basement flooded, you're not happy. But putting those to the side and remembering that those are real issues for real people. For a number of people, a washout is good. If you had nothing planned and nothing, no damage occurred, a washout is good. We honestly all like them. It's good for crops. It's good for your lawn. But also, it's an excuse to stay inside and be lazy. And if you're like me, you kind of need that excuse. The excuse to catch up on shows even catch up on doing sedentary things like working on a puzzle or organizing or just lying down and doing absolutely nothing. And many times, if you're like me, you need an excuse. When it's nice outside, and nice being a very general term, basically, whenever you can be outside, I always feel guilty every second I'm inside. You get yourself a nice rainy day like we had on Saturday, and it pushes you inside. It, it's okay to play video games. It's okay to just watch bad Saturday afternoon television. It's okay to not do anything. It's good to have the occasional washout weekend. The tough thing being... No matter when it comes, it's going to impact some of your neighbors. It's going to impact somebody you know. It's going to sometimes impact you because when are events planned on the weekends? You hope if you're going to get a washout, an August washout is probably your best chance because there's not as many activities that are planned. 
But there is no weekend where there's nothing going on. There was probably somebody, there was probably weddings. There's probably still graduation parties. But not to discount if you had something rained out on Saturday. I loved it. I loved it. Uh, mentioned some late-breaking news uh, that you'll be hearing more about. Uh, Ron Kind is not running for re-election. He's not running for re-election. Uh, that will be, obviously, a highly coveted seat. Uh, he's been locked in there for, what, a quarter of a century. He's been locked in there. Only once, though, did he run unimposed, but it was this last election where he narrowly won. Uh, Ron Kine not running for re-election. That has not been made official yet, but there's sources reporting that. Uh, already Derek Van Orden, who narrowly lost to him last year, he's made suggestions he'll try again on the Republican ticket. Uh, that'll be a highly coveted seat, so get ready. Starting about this time next year, you're going to get a lot of ads because that's going to be a seat that is going to be high. That's going to get national money in. You already got some national money the last time around. It's going to get a lot of national money this time around. Midterm election. Oh, boy. So we'll keep an eye on that. The Ron Kine not running for re-election. 25 years serving our country. Not bad. We have to get to this, this story on, and this developing story on schools reopening. And remember, we get to, we get a benefit in this part of the country that the, the, the southern states go into school. They kind of lay a foundation for two, three weeks, and then our local school officials are able to make some calls based off of that. Not necessarily earth-shattering changes, but think back to last September. The southern schools were able to open up and people realized, oh, shoot, you can put kids in the classroom. (laughs) Well, area schools and masks. The debate is here. The debate is here. The debate is very much active. Menominee just voted on Monday night. Their school board five to four to make masks optional not a requirement optional five four vote in the school board Chippewa Falls has already said that they will remain optional but that has not been a school board decision that just came from the superintendent superintendent in the Eau Claire school district has said in the past that they will be optional but anything can change school boards are no doubt going to be considering mask mandates for weeks, even when school starts. In Eau Claire, and I know you've got all these other school districts, but I'm going to focus on Eau Claire because that's where I've got kids going to school, two elementary age kids. Without a shred of doubt... I believe firmly that elementary schools, it should be mandatory. Oh, Scott, what are you doing? I think the masks should be mandatory in the elementary schools. At higher age groups, where the vaccination is an option and choices have been made, 
I believe masks can be optional there as well. You, of course, get a gray area because in middle schools and junior highs, you've got 11 and 12-year-olds, 6th, 7th, sometimes 8th graders, and I understand that. That's the gray area, but I think where vaccinations are truly an option, masks can be an option. And I understand the science. I've seen the science, and people that have followed this show know that I have followed the science since day one. I've not been an an anti-masker or anything like that. But I, I, I don't. I, it's going to be very hard to put the mask back on everybody. It just is. Society as a whole is making some choices. It's going to be hard to mandate masks in a lot of spots where people have already had choices as to vaccination or no vaccination. Non-vaccinated people don't want to wear a mask for, for a lot of the reasons. They don't want to be vaccinated. They just don't want to be told. And the people that have been vaccinated don't want to wear a mask because we got vaccinated so we didn't have to do this again. But at the elementary age level, that's not a choice. There is no vaccination. So I really think in Eau Claire, which can be an agenda setter for the rest of the area, put the mask on. Make it mandatory. Because if you make it an option, you might as well be saying no masks. Anybody that argues, I would say 99.9%. Literally, if I, if I grabbed 100 people, 99.9 of those people, yeah, a high fraction of a person. If they go forward and they say, you know, I'm not necessarily against masks, but I think masks should be optional and a parent's choice, I bet you they're not putting a mask on their kid. They're not fighting for the option out of some patriotic duty. They're fighting for it to be an option because they don't want to wear the mask and they don't want to just flat out say, ban masks. But again, I think that the elementary age level, you, you should have the mask be mandatory. Is it perfect? No. Will I, will I boycott the Eau Claire School District if Eau Claire makes masks optional and thus nobody's wearing a mask in the schools? No, our kids will still go to Mann's Elementary and I'll feel okay sending them to Mann's Elementary. No problem. I'm not going to fight it all that much, but I'd like to see it be mandatory because vaccinations aren't. Now, as for district employees, that's another debate. As for district employees, you're seeing national teacher unions. We all know about teacher unions in this state. We won't go down that road, but you're seeing national teacher unions. Many, definitely not all, but many have shifted in the last couple of weeks and are flatly telling their members they will not oppose mass mandates nor mandates to be vaccinated. So that's something to keep in mind, too, with these school districts. Which school districts, if any, will mandate vaccinations for employees? Again, I think masks should be mandatory for elementary ages, 
because the vaccination is not an option there. But I will give you this, especially if you're somebody that doesn't agree with my stance and you're, 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 you're throwing stuff at your listening device, frustrated over the fact that here I am, you know, and I'm trying to impose on your will or whatever. I do fear, and I was telling this to some other people, we again don't have a clear end game. We don't have a clear end game. And that is what causes a lot of the polarization. We don't have an end game. What is the goal? And there's a number of people that felt we hit the goal. And yeah, numbers are going up, but hey, it is what it is. Lots of polarization comes from the fact we don't have a clear end game. And that's another way, you know, we've had the miscommunication, we've had things change on a week-to-week basis, and that's the nature of dealing with the moving target that is a virus. But I think that's a huge issue that will be studied many, many years from now. The fact that the leaders of our time, many of whom had good ideas, many of whom meant very well, but they never could delineate a clear end game to the whole thing. Uh, we'll see, though, if there what comes out of uh, school masks and and all of that. Again, Menominee's already said they're going to stay optional. School board voting five to four on that. I think that's a key thing to note on that vote. I note it all the time with when it comes to politics. Sometimes I think politicians forget not everybody voted for you, and if you if you just narrowly won, that means people kind of want you to have some elements of the other side to you. Well, same thing there in Menominee. 5-4, mass are optional, but clearly was not a, a <laughs> it was not a route there. Uh, we'll see what, uh, what happens in some other school districts. And remember this, what is decided on a Monday can be changed on a Tuesday. And what's decided on a Tuesday can be changed on a Wednesday. And you may see some of that this school year. Uh, I, will, I will give you this, too. I will not support anything along the lines of cohorts. I will not support anything in line with uh, limiting the number of school days. No, you, you'll have a, you'll have a, uh, if you're, if, you know, kids have to be in the schools. Kids have to be in the schools. Uh, wanted to talk about this. Remember that story back, what was it, May or June? The story up at Princeton Valley Golf Course where there was an attempted burglary at Princeton Valley and the initial story we got was the burglary was thwarted by the, uh, the young man and woman who have recently taken over Princeton Valley. Well, we've, 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 we've gotten a follow-up to that. Uh, Talk about justice moving fairly quickly. Uh, A St. Paul man is going to be spending 60 days in jail for his part in that attempted June burglary. So it was June. Attempted June burglary at Princeton Valley. Nick Mason, 31 years of age, pled guilty to burglary charges. His co-defendant, a young lady named Taylor Frank, 29, also of St. Paul, is spending one year 
in jail. A year in jail. The story went, Mason and Frank tried to drag an ATM out of Princeton Valley's uh, pro shop. Tried to drag an ATM out using a pickup truck. So they, they tied it up and were going to drag it out and then break it open. Plan was to drive away. And then they had a pair of U-Haul trucks. Seemingly one was going to be as a decoy. Well, video, and again, they got caught. Video has surfaced, and that was made public last week. Video has surfaced. We now see what the owners at Princeton Valley did. They chased down the suspects. They saw this was happening. It was you know, just after dawn, so they're there early, especially new business owners. You practically live at your location when you're just starting a business, so it's no surprise they're there at 5, 6 o'clock in the morning, especially for a golf course, which... I don't know when Princeton Valley has their first tee times, but some of these have their first tee times at 6.37 in the morning. But suspects, uh, they they saw this going on. They were going to chase them down. Suspects ultimately got away, but the police were quick to ID them and track them down within that day. And I think one of the, as I looked at the video, I think uh, one of the Princeton Valley owners briefly got into the back of the pickup truck trying to stop them, all that. So, you know, good story. It's got a happy ending to it. You know, bad people got caught. Bad people are paying for it. And these uh, this uh, these new business owners aren't out an ATM. You know, that ATM gets replaced, but they, they, they weren't robbed. I know emotion gets there. Because we're, you know, we're hearing about the you know, these people being heroes at Princeton Valley. I know emotion gets there. But a reminder to everybody, let the robbers take your stuff. Now, the owners are hailed it as being brave, but they were trying to save property, not lives. So I pause on calling them brave. They were trying to save property, not lives. Now, 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 hold on. Before you start saying, Scott, you're taking a cheap shot. If I'm in that situation... I'm owning Princeton Valley, and I see this happen in front of me, somebody breaking into my business, taking my ATM brazenly. I'm sure my emotions (laughs) may get me to try to chase them down because you're almost insulted as much as you are mad. You're insulted. You think you can come and steal from me? (laughs) So if I'm in that situation... I likely, too, try to chase down the suspects. So I'm not taking a holier-than-thou attitude. My statement there of let the robbers take your stuff is, I think, a reminder we all need to let them take your stuff in a situation like that because the reality is hindsight says no. These were just some dumb criminals. But in the moment, You don't know how desperate a suspect will be, and you could be dealing with someone that's going to be providing much more severe consequences. So a reminder, the story is a good story. It's a happy ending there. Bad bad guy, bad girl end up in jail. Princeton Valley is safe, but be smart if you are being robbed. Be be smart. Hopefully you don't get robbed. You're not in that position. Uh, Speaking of kind of dumb criminal stories 
Uh, Eau Claire man reaches plea deal on sex assault case. Uh, this was intriguing. Uh, Scott Edgar pled down to a ticket for disorderly conduct and a $200 fine after being charged with sexually assaulting a woman on their first date. First date. Now think about that. He was charged with sexual assault. He gets a ticket. Is what it is for disorderly conduct and that ends up on your record. And a $200 fine. $200. A lot of you have got $200 in your pocket right now. Not that you want to spend it on something like that, but you got $200. So an intriguing story that I wanted to look at because... Obviously, a, a severe accusation to be accused of sexual assault, and you get out, <laughs> for this guy named Scott Edgar, seemingly scot-free. The story went, the two met on a Facebook app. Does Facebook have a dating app, or do they meet on Facebook? No, it said app, Facebook app. I, I, either way, they met on social media. So they met, hey, let's get together. The woman says he forced himself on her and repeatedly bit her. Repeatedly bit her. He argued, and this is where it begins to really get off the rails, that he has high-functioning autism, which is a thing, but he claims he has high-functioning autism, and hormones got the best of him. I will let you make of that as you will. So basically, he was playing a sympathy card while also admitting that he was really, really horny. <laughs> I'll tell you right now, as a man, as a man, being very, very horny is not an excuse. I don't care what level of functioning autism you have being very very horny is not an excuse now i know many are irate over this they're irate over this 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 woman's not getting her pound of flesh and yes there is a chance he got off easy there's a good chance he got off easy that he was only that he was only given this I think he was only given this plea deal that he took simply because there might not have been a strong enough case to be made. A he said, she said sort of situation. Maybe there are holes in her story that you hate to bring up because you're not trying to victim shame. But what led to him biting her? What led to them being in that situation? You're not trying to victim shame, but the fact that they provided this opportunity for a plea deal may be a window into some of that. We'll see. But the fact that he, the fact that he was able to plead down and his defense was he was horny and he has high functioning autism <laughs> kind of makes you scratch your head a little bit. Uh, a couple other things here, by the way. Uh, we'll have these on Thursday. Uh, the city council is voting on Tuesday. So by the time, if you're watching, if you're looking at the podcast, 
you may already know, city council's voting on Tuesday on whether to go back to all-person, uh, not all-person, to all-in-person meetings. Members have been mostly in-person in the last several weeks, but the public hasn't been allowed to attend. They're basically voting to allow the public to attend in person again. It's time to do it. It's time to have all the members back there in person. It's time to allow the public to go in there. I know cases are rising, but if you want to require masks or start off with a limit as to, as to how many people can be in the room, so be it. But you got to be back there in person. You got to be back there in person. What's the end game? What's the end game? You don't have an end game. Get there in person. Be leaders. Get back there in person. I would have told you a month ago that there was no shot that they would vote it down. Half the members, half the city council members were not there in person on Monday night. So by the time we talk to you on Thursday, I have a feeling, a feeling that they will keep the, uh, the virtual option going, but we will see. Well, that'll do it for today's edition of Talk of the Town. Again, we're back with you live on Thursday at 3 o'clock. And of course... You can always get the podcast and all of our other great shows at echometownradio.com. On behalf of everyone who made this podcast possible, I'm Scott Montesano saying there's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow shining at the end of every day. Make sure to take advantage of it. And until next time, so long, everybody.